You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing the economics behind using hybrid composite materials and the impact it will have on your practice. Our guest and expert in the field is Dr. Samuel Corey, a dentist in private practice in Fort Wayne, Indiana, specializing in high-tech and cosmetic dentistry for over 25 years. Dr. Corey is a recurring guest on a local television show called Docs on Call to answer questions and educate the community about dentistry. Dr. Corey, this is your fourth one, and the other three have been fantastic. Uh, let's make this one a good one. Pleasure to have you back. Thank you for having me, Phil. So how much time can you actually save using a hybrid composite material, and what is the impact to the practice? You actually save, um, which makes sense if you think about it. If you're going to be milling or grinding um, a material, if it's a very hard uh, lithium, silicate, or zirconia um, compared to a hybrid, um, composite block, you're going to save about five minutes every time you send a restoration to the mill. And then um, you're going to save about 15 minutes um, because you don't have to fire this material. So altogether, you're saving about 20 minutes um, per unit for restoration when you're using a hybrid over a ceramic, which if you think about it, Phil, you know, if you're doing Three cases of these a day, which if you're a CAD CAM dentist, that's, that's not really a lot. Um, so if you do three of these cases and you're saving 20 minutes a case, you just added an hour of time to your day where you can do something else. Now, you know, a lot of, uh, I, you know, I've been around a long time. I've heard salespeople talk to dentists to try to get them, you know, ROI information and everything. And they talk about, well, if you save the 20 minutes, you can do another onlay or you can do another crown. I don't think of it like that. The way I think of it is, is if I just saved you 20 minutes each procedure that you do, restoration, and you do three of those a day and you just you just recovered an hour of time. For the average practice, production of an hour is about a thousand dollars. You know, so if I can get you that thousand dollars and you do, let's say you work four days a week and you're going to get four thousand a week. And then over the course of a year, um, it adds up. It becomes a little bit over $200,000 in the course of a year. So if I told you at the beginning of the year after you just spent all your money on Christmas presents and New Year's and you took off time, but you still had to make your payroll, and now you're starting up your practice in January. If I, if I came up to you in, in January first thing and told you, I can save you somewhere around $200,000 in in your material costs, if you just weren't married to a particular material, would you jump on that? Yeah, that's very compelling. Very compelling. <laughs> yeah, most 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 guys would. You know, well, so I mean, that that's. I mean, the thing is, it's not only the economics, which is great. I mean, it, it, in this case, there's no question. There's a significant amount of money being saved. But as you say in your other podcasts, there's actually indications for these hybrid CAD CAM materials, these composite hybrid CAD CAM materials, where they make sense and they should be used. So. Right. It's not like you're switching someone over to a new product where there's this disadvantage, this huge negative saying, well, you, you know, you got $200,000 extra in your bank account at the end of the year, but, right. you know, you're giving up this. With the the way you've described hybrid composite materials, you're not giving up anything. You're, you're, no. you're improving your clinical uh, procedures and making things work better, and you're saving $200,000. It's like a win-win. That's what it it's is like. a win-win. Yeah. Because what's the last thing... 
as a provider, the last thing we want to see is things coming back and failing on us, you know, because, you know, then the patient's upset with us. We're upset because we're seeing that patient again and we're not, we're occupying an hour or more of chair time. We're not getting any production out of that. So th those are the nightmare scenarios which we don't want to have, you know. So if you can find a product that's actually going to be stand up against any of the products uh, uh, over time, like a zirconia or, or lithium desilicate, and actually, like we just said in other segments, perform better um, than those products and save you the money and have some economic sense, it's a win-win and everybody should be happy. Yeah, and just to our listeners, for those of you who have not tapped into the other podcast by Dr. Corey, he, he talks about it, uh, indications in one podcast. Um, he talks about adhesion and looting of these composite hybrid materials. And then he also talks about the, the different material classes of what defines a uh, composite hybrid. So um, I say hybrid composite, composite, I think it's really high. You've been referring to it as hybrid composite, so I should stick to that, not to confuse anybody. But um, so there's a lot of information in those podcasts. He does mention a couple of products that he likes, um, you know, and, and we do appreciate Coltine for sponsoring these podcasts because it's great information and there's enough educational information here by far to uh, credit these podcasts for a quarter credit each. So if you do take the quiz, you will get a quarter credit of CE credit, self-study for each one of these podcasts. Um, so can hybrid composites be submitted for insurance reimbursement, Dr. Corey? Yeah, and that, and that early on was one of the main concerns um, with these manufacturers when, like I told you um, before, Phil, earlier in, in the other segments that I beta test a lot of these materials because we've been doing CAD CAM for so long. Um, and that was one of the main concerns was, okay, we got this material. It's a great material. Um, and it functions uh, like a ceramic, but it's a little more forgiving, and it's got the elastic modulus of, of dentin. Um, but can we actually submit these as a ceramic uh, material to an insurance company and and actually get um, the benefit paid, you know. So because really it's a it's a it's a game changer. It's the game's over if you told a provider, yeah, here's this block. It's a hybrid block. It's great. It's an amazing block. But you gotta submit it as a composite and get reimbursed at whatever your composite fee is compared to if you did an onlay and a ceramic onlay, what that fee would be, which would be, you know, significantly different, you know. So, I mean, if you go into an office and as a salesperson and you tell them that information, it's it's game over. Nobody's going to use that block, you know. So the thing was is, you know, when we talked to the ADA and when we did a little more research, you know, the ADA, the definition of a ceramic block from the ADA is just basically this. It's on page four of the 2019 CDT. And what it what it states clearly is as long as the material is predominantly ceramic, which means all it has to be is 51%, um, then you can submit that block and material as a ceramic block, you know, which is a huge win for hybrids because, you know, most of the hybrids in the category that we're talking about um, are 80% by weight um, silica and inorganic material. So, yes, you can submit. So that's a long story, Phil. Um, I know that was a Long way to get there, but the answer is yes, you can submit these um, to insurance for reimbursement. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine if these manufacturers came out with this, uh, these blocks with all the intellectual property behind it and the costs, and then the ADA says 
nope it's uh you got to submit this as a regular composite right Man, i i would not want to own shares in that company yeah and prior to 2012 um they made a change in the definition of what a ceramic material is prior to 2012 the definition before that you could not submit these hybrid blocks as ceramic hmm. wow yeah so they, so so that, they made that change yeah. yeah that that's a good thing and and it's a good it's good for the profession it's good it's good for the manufacturers but it's good for the profession and generally speaking with experience i have the manufacturers they all want to make money but they are doing their research and development for the benefit of the practice and for the patient that's it has to be an improvement to clinical dentistry for them to do well so it helps everybody um in terms of patient satisfaction what have you experienced in your practice with uh, hybrid composite material uh, when you you know, the patients usually, as far as as trusting their provider, they don't ask a lot of questions. And, and if you're going to uh, a practice where they just, they don't have that communication and you just work on a patient and then patient gets up and leaves, they have no idea um, what you just did or what material you put in. That's um, so true. <laughs> you know, that is but, so true. You know, you know, we, you know, we've been doing this. You know, like I said, you know, over two decades, you know, and, and I teach, you know, I have a learning center and, and everything um, uh, on the back of my practice. And, you know, so I enjoy it. You know, so I, I actually educate my patients um, to what product they're getting. And, and I try to break it down <clears throat> in, in, in terms that they can understand. And um, I think they get it. And, and, you know, when you show them from start to finish, uh, before and after photos, if you take out a like a large amalgam filling that maybe you know amalgam normally stays in like a champion, it doesn't break. But what it does is it your like mesial cusp or lingual cusp will break, and then you got that amalgam it's still in there like a trooper. You know, so if you take an image of that, well, you remove uh, the amalgam and you sh and you prep for an onlay, and then you put a hybrid material in there and polish it and bond it in. Um, and you take another post-op photo of that. I mean, it just it just wows the patient. It amazes them. And you know, if you do a little, if you take a little bit of time, it doesn't take long to educate the patient. Yeah, I mean, it's good that they understand, you know, what you just did to them and appreciate what you just did to them. But really, it's internal marketing, you know, because they have more information to go out and talk to their family and friends about what you just did to them. So you're actually marketing it in your practice by educating your patients. You have a ton of experience in in uh, CAD CAM. You mentioned 17 years, probably more than that, and you've tried just about everything. Why do you personally like working with hybrid composite materials? Well, especially if, you know, the clinical situation um, requires that if you're going to do a full coverage crown, like whether it be like an implant, like we talked about the lack of PDL, and you want to put a material that's a little more resilient, whether it's a patient who's a bruxer or a grinder, and you want to put a material that's going to be kinder to the antagonists or opposing, or if you're doing an onlay or an inlay where you, where the majority of what you're replacing is dentin, you would it would just make perfect sense to replace the material that uh, replace the dentin with a material that has it matches the elastic modulus of of what dentin is naturally. You know, mm -hmm. so it's going to feel strong. It's going to feel normal to a patient. Um, the patient's going to function on that. They're going to get longevity out of that restoration, and, and it's a win-win for everybody. So in your opinion, 
every dentist who does CAD CAM should have in their armamentarium hybrid composite materials. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. You should have, you should have it depending on, on how long you've been um, working with CAD CAM and the milling unit you have, um, whether it's a wet mill or dry mill, um, you should have some zirconia. You should have some lithium, the silicate. You should have just some simple glass ceramic blocks, and you definitely um, should have some hybrid blocks. And the breakdown on the use of those blocks in my practice, if you were to break down um, the high-strength ceramics and, and the um, hybrid materials, I would say we do an even split about 50-50. And we do that on a case-by-case -case selection. And, you know, it took a little bit of uh, practice and a little bit of education um, to learn the, the chemistry composition of actually what we're doing and what we're and when and why to use a certain material. But, um, you know, it doesn't take long. And if it's something that, that, that providers are out there and want to learn and, and want to get a little more familiar with hybrids, they won't regret it because it's something that you should have in your armamentarium. Yeah, and you, you mentioned um, in one of the previous podcasts which particular hybrid composite material you like. Could you share, as we wrap up this last podcast, um, if you can share with us some of the features and benefits of, of the product that you like and, and why you like it? Yeah, I mean, we you know, like I said, we pretty much beta tested about every product there is out there, um, Phil, but the one hybrid that's come across um, for us that I truly think um, is just a, a – just little above the others is a Coltine product. It's Brilliant Creos. Um, and the reason I like it is, is it's a little, um, got a higher flexural strength, so it's, it's more resistant to fracturing. Um, so you're going to get more longevity out of it. And the, the barium glass and the silica particles that they put into um, this material is, is so nice that when you go to polish it, it polishes better than any other hybrid I've ever used. And the luster stays. You know, we've done um, three to six months um, post-ops on, on this material, and they look like the day we put them in. And that's probably why they call it brilliant, right, is the first part of, yeah. the, name of the product. I mean, exactly. But, but that's important when it comes to hybrid composites because it can't be fired, and um, you don't get that sheen, like you said, under dry conditions like you would with a ceramic. Correct. Yeah. You know, so you want a material that's really going to not just polish. Well, you want a material that's going to maintain that polish over time. And that's all dependent on the size of the nano fillers that they put into the product. Evenly distributed, that's going to polish and hold its polish. Right. So the moral of the story with economics is that it, it, sa it could save you up to, you mentioned, $200,000 a year in time costs, right? The cost of yes. side time, it's 20 minutes per crown. Uh, or 20 minutes for restoration, however, inlay, onlay, whatever, however you want to use it. Um, right. In your practice, 50% of your CAD-CAM restorations are hybrid composites. So you're obviously finding that it's extremely useful for a number of reasons, which you've already mentioned. So, uh, And also the dentist should be wary of a sales rep that comes in and says, hey, doctor, you can just, you don't need ceramics anymore. Hybrid composites will save you more money. And this is the story behind them. It's not a matter of giving up ceramics is a matter of just integrating hybrid composites into your practice uh, for, for the particular case that it applies to, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's very well put. Exactly. Yeah, so, <clears throat> anyway, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out if I learned something. I know I learned something, but I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to reiterate this stuff so that it's uh, clear in my mind, and hopefully if um, 
the listeners are still paying attention, it, it kind of summarizes for them. But um, and our listeners, by the way, 91%, according to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast program once they start listening to it. That's an iTunes stat, which I was very happy about that. And um, over 95% listen to the whole podcast all the way to the end. So that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, we started this in October of 2018. And uh, we're getting about a thousand listens per week on VivaLearning.com. And then we're getting a whole bunch on Stitcher, Google Podcast, and also iTunes. And there's a couple of other podcast companies that have just picked us up. So, uh, and the reason why is we have uh, great experts like you, Dr. Corey, because the last four podcasts that you've done have been absolutely phenomenal on, on, oh, on this material. Yeah. I mean, you know your stuff, clearly know your stuff. And uh, having this out there, no charge to these dental listeners is a great uh, benefit and um, good deed for the profession, in my opinion. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. I hope we have you on again. I'm sure there's a ton of stuff you can share with us, Dr. Corey. Anytime, Phil. Anytime. All right. We'll let you know. Thanks again for joining us. Right, thank you.